Blog Talk Radio. We live! We live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One. It's Page One. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. What's going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation? It is page one. It's Friday night. It is the beginning of July. We've missed you. We haven't been on the last couple of weeks. Um, so glad that you can join us. It is a little bit to talk about, catch up on tonight. Um, we'll have some reminders for you later on in the broadcast in regards to uh, how you'll be able to hear us and when you'll be able to hear us over the next couple of weeks. Uh, the schedule gets a little funky because it's summer and things are going on and life happens. And uh, coming up soon, we got something special to announce. But uh, it is the holiday weekend. It is the 4th of July holiday weekend. I'm pretty sure some of you are on your way to your destinations. Be safe if you are traveling. Uh, I know for one thing, um, my wonderful friend Mary, who is here, and I are probably going nowhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is correct, sir. Nowhere. <laughs> We're exciting, people. Nowhere but here. Um, and nowhere but online. That's that's where we'll be. Um, but as I was saying, we, we got a lot to catch up on and a few things that we haven't had a chance to do. Uh, I could tell you tonight uh, we'll have an expanded uh, yay or nay. Uh, a couple of stories of interest to talk about. Then we'll have our retro moment of the week. Uh, Almanac coming up here shortly. And then something that, uh, and, I, and I hate to bring this uh, up to Mary all of a sudden because I didn't get a chance to talk with her, but a couple of weeks ago we had promised you a special top ten list. Uh, <laughs> I did keep Something I, I volunteered myself for. Yes, something you volunteered yourself for, which I was shocked because you normally do that. <laughs> no. um, but we will also do that tonight. So we'll also take a look at see what's trending. Um, but, yeah, this has been – I know we say this every week when we get to this Friday night, but I know that somebody said it felt like it took a month to get to this weekend. <laughs> I don't know uh-huh. what's going on. Um, and I think to – Uh, Somebody asked me what we were going to be talking about tonight. I will tell you right off the bat, uh, going into a holiday weekend, um, I don't really in all aspects uh, want to really discuss the world outside as it is. (laughs) There's a lot that's going on, uh, you know, uh, with the Supreme Court, with – other issues that are going on, and I hope that tonight this is just one of those things where you could just sit back, relax, without having to hear uh, a lot of, uh, I guess, gloom and doom. Um, but, yeah, I mean, unless Mary wants to, but other than that, I have no plans to. <laughs> 
Uh, no, that's not on my plan. Um, however, I, I will throw out there that if you have people that have differing opinions, something that came up this past week, um, I ended up having about an hour-long conversation with someone who had a very, I'd say, opposing, but I'll just, instead of opposing, I'll say a different view of what's been going on than myself. And from a different standpoint and a different, you know, like, lot in life. And we had a very good conversation about it. And it was a conversation. It was a back and forth. Neither one of us ended up budging on our opinion um, or our stance on the topic. But I think that we both ended up learning a little bit of something of understanding why we took the stances we took. So... If you have a, a, a chance to do that, to have good discussions, then please do. Um, but don't. I'm I'm not one for yelling and screaming because just because you yell and scream the loudest doesn't mean that you are right. So, good discussions, people. Good discussions make positive change. And those can happen. That's the strangest thing is that I think where the yelling comes from is because nobody's listening. Because if everybody sits mm-hmm. and actually listens, the thing is, is that you will find that you're pretty much just about, or probably 70 to 75% still along the same wavelength, but you just turn the corner slightly at one particular point in the argument. And I think we can all agree to disagree or, you know, uh, at least listen to someone without having to yell, scream, or threaten somebody's life which is insane. I've never, mm-hmm. I, you know, to me, I hate to say it, but then I, I thought about it um, because I heard some disturbing news this week about a friend who, um, long story short, was out that way, uh, your man in the woods actually, and was uh, attacked. Uh, it was kind of a hate crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened don't know the full details, but, you know, it's like it's things like that or it's things like what I've seen in the last couple of weeks that's a little bit demoralizing. It's you would hope that adult conversations, uh, especially about things near and dear to us, can be talked about in a calm manner, such as this show. I don't think ever in an opposing view we've ever yelled at each other. Um it's pretty much more asking questions of each other as to why that viewpoint exists and trying to learn a little bit more as to, you know, uh, why it exists. And you can leave it there and then at that point roll on. And the thing is is that I've seen so many people who either get into arguments with someone uh, and then acts like a three-year-old. And I'm talking on both sides of the issue. Or feels the need for bodily harm. You know, we all have, uh, you know, a pony in the show, but you don't go threatening people's lives and, you know, acting. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, guess who's watching? Kids are watching. When they see you act that way, they're going to think that it's okay to act that way, and then those kids grow up to be the same bad example that you set 
it's a repetitive cycle. When they see a calmness about you and they see an ability to listen, it's a repetitive cycle. And you don't have as much hate or violence or just anarchy that you see when there are certain topics in which they are near and dear to our hearts. You can express them in a way in which it is, uh, you know, that's the word I'm looking for here. You can express them in a way in which it is constructive. But as I will always say, the minute that you express it in a way that is not constructive or it is attacking, one, you pretty much have lost the argument with me, and two, I pretty much now have no reason to listen to the rest of what you had to say because if you're going to be that way, then your argument now becomes a little bit null. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 you know, you have more power when you eloquently raise your concerns than when you are violent. You know, I used to always use the example of the civil rights moment. And for many people um, who were not black in 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 that civil rights moment, always said that the turning point for them was moments in which they saw blacks in the South who were marching for their rights and were ruthlessly being attacked, and they did not attack back. They eloquently stated their, you know, message and moved on. And a lot of people turned the tide in that in that movement when they saw the officers spraying people with, you know, uh, water hoses and not fighting back. In Selma, Bloody Sunday was a turning point. When people saw what was going on in the news and people eloquently trying to state their issue, it made them upset because they said, here you have people who are trying to eloquently – cater their concerns and their message. And other people thought that the way to counter that was to belittle, attack, and try to hurt. Eloquency will win out every time over ugliness. But yes, I digress. <laughs> so yes, in short, I know you're going to say get with it, LeVar. Uh, that's not on the topic here tonight. Uh, somebody asked me that, and I was like, you know, it's holiday weekend. Let's have a little fun that we will over the next hour or so, because uh, it's been a while since we've seen you. And um, I know tonight I will tell you, as far as this show, and I'll repeat it a few more times before the show is over, uh, we're with you tonight. Next Friday night, um, we will be off. Uh, but we will rejoin you on July 15th. That will be show number 198. Uh, After the 15th, uh, I'll be in Arizona uh, that night of the 22nd, Uh, so no show. (laughs) And then the following week on the 29th, I'll be back uh, joining you here from Chicago uh, for show number 199. That then leads us, uh, with all schedules and appearances, should nothing happen in between those shows, August 5th, 
will be our 200th show. <laughs> I will put it that way. That's just insane. Just insane. 200 shows. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, it's a big deal to us, I think, because and I and I have I put together uh, a list. I was putting together a list of TV shows or other things that have reached uh, 200 show status. You'd be surprised at some of them. You would be uh, uh, a little amazed, I think, at some that were, some that were not. Uh, and what happened, but I'll share that list here in the uh, next few coming weeks and months. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of excited. It's, it's a big deal. You know, I, I normally don't pat ourselves on the on the back for a lot of things, but even in 200 podcasts, that's, I know some people do weekly podcasts. They do everyday podcasts. They do uh, semi-weekly, but 200, if you think about it, we only come on once a week. <laughs> Once a week. Mm-hmm. It even took a break for a few years when we started this, and it had been kind of going nonstop since really, what, 2018, 2019? Something like that, yeah. Missed some shows here and there, but, of course, we're not going to be on all 52 weeks of the year. <laughs> that's insane if we were. Um, but 200 podcasts, that's 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 special, man. I, I, I don't, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, though, I will tell you, uh, I will have on that night the top five shows with at least 200 episodes and the top five that you didn't know that had 200 episodes. I'm even going to share for you one from each list. I will tell you, because everybody knows sort of which shows have it, but um, one particular show out of that list, uh, which was M.A.S.H., 251 episodes. And then the one that you didn't probably know was, uh, which was actually kind of funny because I didn't know about it, but Knott's Landing had 344 episodes <laughs> that you didn't know. Wow. About. Aired from 1979 to 1993 on CBS. 344. So, yeah. And on that night, we will do everything that we normally do on that show. I don't know yet what else we will be doing, but I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> we will see. Um, but, yeah, so that's what's going on. Um, I guess we'll get into the almanac because we missed a few weeks. Uh, but luckily, it's this July. So I will tell you, uh, not a lot in the month of July. <laughs> uh, Nude Recreation Week is the week after Independence Day, if you wanted to know that. <laughs> um, everyone, Everybody Deserves a Massage Week is the third week in July. Uh, National Moth Week is the last week in July. So those are the weeks. Uh, this month, uh, if you are counting, uh, it is National Blueberry Month. Uh, National Contract Sewing Month, National Anti-Boredom Month, Baked Bean Month, Culinary Arts Month, Grilling Month, Hemp Month, 
It is horseradish month, ice cream month, picnic month, peach month, watercolor month, and it is the most important month also because it is national cell phone courtesy month. <laughs> During the month okay. of July, it encourages us to evaluate our cellular habits and consider others before we reach for our phones. Our phones have become an integral, <laughs> integral part of our lives. We schedule events, organize shopping lists, order birthday presents, do everything. But uh, they say that our phones pretty much are tools, and they shouldn't replace every social context in our lives. It says practice a little courtesy and gain improved relationships everywhere you go. Uh, so pretty much, yeah, don't, don't be that person. Uh, there actually was a list that they had for the seven easy rules of mobile phone etiquette. Uh, one was silence. It says, the, it says silence the phone whenever you're spending time with anyone. That includes work, a meal, meeting, or with family. Uh, if you're intending a performance, turn it off. <laughs> There's exceptions to the rule for medical professionals or other expected emergency situations. Hidden phones are forgotten phones. Uh, step away if you do need to take a call. No one needs to hear your conversation. <laughs> and then it says, Thank you. Yes, it says, Monitor the volume of your voice. Even when you step away, voices carry. <laughs> and it says pause voices before speaking. Yes, it does. Sorry. <laughs> and it says pause. No, no. It says pause before sending emails, text, or social media posts. Consider the content, especially if it's posted in haste. Sometimes the need to ask will be the all the answers you need before deleting the comment or text. Ask yourself the following questions before sending. Will I regret sending this later? Am I angry? Will this hurt someone? Is this appropriate? Will it affect my job or relationship? <laughs> Which I think we should probably do with emails too. Uh, don't use your phone and drive, and don't let your mobile device become a social hindrance. Uh, we often look to our phone for social engagement when we don't know what else to do. Meet new people when you're in a new circle of people and begin networking with the people near you. Expand your social circle face-to-face -face and broaden the world around you. Because I think for a lot of younger people, uh, they kind of rely too much on their phone to meet people. And I don't know if it's, like, natural. Uh, it's kind of like, I guess it's cool to have, you know, some friends by mobile, but you're never going to really meet them that often. I don't, I don't know. I, I think it kind of, like, makes some people more – introverts than anything else. It's like, get out. Go and enjoy it. Get out in the sun. Go and enjoy a trip to the mall or go and do something. Go to a movie. You know? I don't know. When you go to that movie, just don't take your cell phone or do something. <laughs> but today, as I said, was July 1st. It's National Creative Ice Cream Flavors Day. And by the way, uh, you know, I tried uh, the Little Debbie ice creams that are out. Mm -hmm. um, I got, because they have the Honey Bun, uh, the Nutty Buddy, uh, the Zebra Cake, and then I think they have the Cosmic Brownie, and then they have the Strawberry Shortcake Roll. I tried the Strawberry Shortcake Roll. Very good. It's awesome. <laughs> That's so, awesome. I'm if you happen to be in the store, if you're in the store and you see it, try it. 
Uh, it is also National Ginger Snap Day. Mm. To break a tooth on nose. Um, <laughs> it is two particular things. It's National Postal Worker Day and National U.S. Postage Stamp Day. Uh, later on, there's also a reason with the post office that uh, you will hear in the Retro Mother of the Week. Uh, tomorrow, it is National Wildland Firefighter Day. Uh, National – is it Anaset? I'm going to get this so wrong. It's National Anaset Day? Uh, uh-huh. Tomorrow. It's a liqueur uh, derived from aniseed. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to – no, because you know what? I'm not even going to go into explaining it because if I do, I know you're going to start laughing because if I pronounce this wrong, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do it anyway. So pretty much aniseed anise herb, because <laughs> I was going to say the other way, it's A-N-I-S, and it's not pronounced anus, it's yeah. anise. <laughs> right. It gives the anise set its licorice or fennel flavor. There you go. By the way, we I Thank talked you. about that with somebody this week because I was discussing the <laughs> um, I was discussing the um, they had put in their, their uh, car uh, uh, by error diesel fuel, and I was explaining to them the difference between the diesel fuel pump and the regular pump because at some places the diesel pump the pump handle or the uh, the part that goes into the uh, car sometimes is a little longer and bent a little bit differently. And, of course, they start to get <laughs> But as I would. I, I know, and I, and I mentioned that, and I said, no, and they, they apologized. I said, nope, nope, I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're all guilty of, <laughs> especially when we hear or see things, and then we pretty much will laugh about it. And yes, it brings out the the twelve year old and all. <laughs> I thought about it after I said it, and then I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it is also Hopper Park Day, first Saturday in July. Uh, then the third brings us National Chocolate Wafer Day, uh, National Eat Your Beans Day. National Fried Clam Day. Yes. You like beans? Uh, Depends. Magical fruit. It depends on the bean and how it's cooked. Kidney? Yes. Lima? Nah. Baked? (laughs) Is that considered a real bean? Yes, I'm not a big like I like um, like of the bean soups, and I don't know if they're all considered soups or some of them are considered stews. I really like navy beans. Okay. I like the Hmm. stronger flavors. Lima beans have a weird texture. Growing up, I used to have to eat lima beans, and I hated when we had lima beans. <laughs> it's kind of a slimy type of like, um, or kind of, you know, <laughs> thinking back at it now. It was I know people, Yeah, it, it wasn't the best, but it was supposed to be so healthy for you. Um, 
So is like liver and onions, people. but not everybody likes liver and onions. <laughs> I used to tell people, I said, the only beans I like are the beans in my chili. That's about it. <laughs> At that point, I don't have to taste it that much. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's also a national compliment your mirror day on Sunday. Um, Monday, of course, is the 4th of July, Independence Day. It is National Barbecued Spare Ribs Day. It's also National Caesar mm. Salad Day, and I did not know that because I bought a Caesar salad kit because I was hungry for a Caesar salad. Um, hmm. I wonder why. Because it was know. National Caesar Salad Day? I, I guess. Uh, July 5th is National Apple Turnover Day, National Graham Cracker Day, National Hawaii Day, uh, National Workaholics Day, and it is also National Bikini Day. There you go. On July 5th, wear your best bikini to work and be a workaholic and eat an apple turnover. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell them the bar sent you. Yep. <laughs> uh, the 6th brings us National Fried Chicken Day and National Hand Roll Day. What? Different ways. <laughs> it's sushi. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Sorry. Yes. Um, so yes, that's, <laughs> that's on. Uh, that's on the sixth, and then the seventh brings us National Dive Bar Day. There's some good dive bars. How come it's the dive bars that usually have the best pizza or the best like? You know, it's not good for you. But dive bars usually do have God, no. decent food. <laughs> yeah, it's awful for you, but they're so good. Yes. <laughs> uh, it is National Strawberry Sunday Day, National Macaroni Day, and National Father-Daughter Take-A-Walk Day. And then next Friday uh-huh. it is – yeah, it's uh, next Friday is National Chocolate with Almonds Day, Collector Car Appreciation Day, National Freezer Pop Day. Uh, the ninth brings us Sugar Cookie Day and Dimples Day. Appreciate your dimples. Um, and then the tenth is Pina Colada Day, National Kitten Day, National Claret Day, and National Disease uh, Chronic Disease Day. Yeah, Pina Coladas. Hmm. Oh, and then the eleventh, it's All American Pet Photo Day, National Blueberry Muffin Day, Cheer Up the Lonely Day, Mojito Day. How come Mojito Day comes after Pina Colada Day? Um, Why is Mojito Rainy... Day in July? Right. <laughs> it's National Rainier Cherry Day. And it is also National 7-Eleven Day on July 11th. Um, so mark that on your calendars. Uh, the 12th brings us Eat and Your Jello Day. Beef. Yes. You know what I miss, and I don't know if it's on the 11th, but I miss every year when they used to do where you could bring any container and fill as much Slurpee in it that you can. And I kid you not, one year, I because it had to fit in this, like, uh, they had this display with a little cut-out cut out hole. And as long as it fit in there, you could fill it with Slurpee. And so my ingenious self uh, went and got, and I'm trying to remember the container that I got, but I knew it was, like, really big. And I filled that thing with Slurpee and drank it all the way home very happy. <laughs> Um, oh. It is July 12th is Cow Appreciation Day, Paper Bag Day, 
uh, National Simplicity Day, National Pecan Pie Day, National Different Colored Eyes Day is on that day. Uh, it is also National Yergello Day. I'm trying to remember if there's any famous people out there that have different colored eyes. Two different colored eyes? Uh, actually, I've got the list. Well, I bet uh, that Cumberbatch has a different kind of colored eyes, so they change. Uh, he's not human. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, he's Dr. Strange. Uh, <laughs> a few celebrities are known to have two different colored eyes. They included uh, David Bowie, Christopher Walken, Dan Aykroyd, Jane Seymour, and Mila Kunis. So, uh, yeah. You did not say anything about uh, Eat Your Jello Day, which I'm assuming. Are you a fan of Jello? Yes, absolutely. I have okay. Jello. Like, I'm making a weird Jello concoction now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, the, wait, what's the concoction? Oh, it's. I'm making a rainbow jello like layer cake kind of thing with whipped cream in between oh, cool. the layers. So Okay. But it takes time. Yeah. It takes a long freaking time. Have to be an artiste. Have to be an artiste in order to do that. Uh you have to like you have to be careful about how hot your jello is when you pour it into the mold. Because you have to uh, do layers and let it gotcha. basically cool the patience on this killing me. So one must have a lot of patience if they're going to be doing that. Yes. So this is why I don't know why I tried to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, July 13th, it is National Barbershop Music Appreciation Day, National Beans and Franks Day, National Delaware Day, and National French Fry Day is on the 13th. And then the 14th brings us – God, what – I'm reading these as I go along. No, I'm reading the list as it goes in order, and I kid you not. July 14th is National Grand Marnay Day. It is National Mac and okay. Cheese Day. Now, I kid you not, the next two in order. July 14th is National Nude Day. It is also National Tape Measure Day. I yes, kid you is. not. It was, <laughs> I kid you not. It was in that order. Wow. I didn't even take anything out of order. I read it in order, and that was what it was. National Dude Day, National Tape Measure Day. <laughs> I... <laughs> Why? Wait. Why is it? Mm-hmm. That almost curious. Why is it National Nude Day that day? Uh, I'm going to investigate. Uh, so pretty <laughs> much, um, as it says here, on July 14th, laundry is unnecessary. It's National Nude Day. Enjoy an air bath or explore a naturist movement. Uh, the observance offers a way to keep cool on a hot, sticky summer day. Many groups around the world celebrate this holiday and take it quite seriously too. Uh, nudists, also known as naturists, are not perverts, even though the desire to go all natural might be offensive to the conservative population. They're individuals who believe the human body is most beautiful in its natural state. 
Whether you agree with them, nudists encourage people to shed the restrictions of clothing and be natural. Uh, noted for enjoying the natural state, Benjamin Franklin would reportedly take air baths by the open window of his room, allowing the fresh air to drift around his birthday suit. Uh, the postmaster didn't invent the mattress movement, nor did it take any particular nation by storm. <laughs> um, so, yes. Um, mm-hmm. That is, uh, oh, but they do say, however, wearing sunblock is still advisable during any outdoor activities. Uh, and watch out for poison ivy, oak, and sumac. Uh, roses do have thorns, <laughs> and when recommended, wear protective gear. So yes, uh, <laughs> hashtag national. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kid you not. That was in that order. So um, we <laughs> are going to uh, get to the retro moment of the week, but just a couple of reminders for you guys. Um, the 411 Lounge interview with Demora Avarice, uh, which did not happen uh, last Sunday, will take place on July 31st. That's Sunday night, July 31st at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. Uh, so hopefully you guys can tune back in. Um, she just had her other surgery, which we'll talk about, uh, along with some other things that are going on. So, uh, but yeah, uh, that will be July 31st. So mark your calendars at the end of the month. But coming up next, uh, Retro Mother of the Week, we'll do those. And then when we come back, uh, the story that I saved for you from a couple of weeks ago, uh, involving something that a mom has done for her son. Um, it is something that I am sure will raise a lot of eyebrows, <laughs> uh, only because of, well, I mean, it's not your traditional type of thing, but uh, we'll explain more. But first, you're listening to page one with Laura Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. Here is a message from the United States Post Office. Help! The post office is flooded with mail. The mail load keeps getting bigger. It now pours in at the rate of over 200 million new letters and packages a day. Just sorting, this avalanche of mail takes longer and longer and can slow up mail delivery, your mail. That's why zip code was created. When you add zip code to the address, Postal workers can sort the mail far more quickly and efficiently. And the post office can use its new electronic machines that read zip numbers and sort mail with space-age speed. So add zip code to every mailing address. If you don't know the right zip, call your post office or look it up in their zip directory. Include your own zip code in your return address. That makes it easy for others to zip mail to you. Remember, mail moves the country. And zip code moves the mail. Oh, hey, Ernie and the Roadrunner. I can see you still like to eat. Oh, yeah, that's Hardy's big country breakfast, and I got a flash. It's a whole lot of eating for a little bit of cash. <laughs> Two scrambled eggs, double helpings of ham or sausage, hash browns, and a made-from-scratch homemade biscuit. And check out the price. That's nice. <laughs> Some nice price for some good grub. Ain't seen a combo like this since your wolf man was a cub. Parties, best eating in town, up and down, all around. You're listening to Page One. Page One. With LeVar and Mary. 
your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LaVar and Mary. And welcome back to page one on this Friday night, July 1st, 2022. Uh, retro moments tonight. One, you just heard Wolfman Jack himself, known as Robert Weston Smith, uh, passed away on this date in 1995. But his voice, of course, once you hear it, <laughs> it is uh, indelibly known. Uh, as he said, he credited it to a success, saying, it's kept meat and potatoes on the table for years for Wolfman. A couple of shots of whiskey helps it. I've got that nice raspy sound. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and also, uh, you heard the PSA for zip codes because on this date in 1963, zip codes were introduced for United States mail. So, that happened on this day. There's a lot of stuff that's happened on I this didn't... day. Um, I didn't realize it was not that long ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, it, the way that it used to go was, uh, you know, it. I guess it was a strange thing, and the reason why for it, the person who uh, it pretty much was in 63, the basic format was the five digits, and in 1983, the zip code plus four was introduced, but nobody uses the plus four really. Uh, and right. the early history and context of postal codes began with postal district and zone numbers, and they implemented them for large cities in 1943, but the way that it went was it would be like Mr. John Smith, uh, 3200 Smith Avenue, Minneapolis, 16, Minnesota. The 16 was the postal zone, but by the early 60s, what happened was that a more organized system was needed and so the five-digit zip codes were introduced, and at that point they went for them. So, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, which your you know parents or grandparents would probably tell you you know there was a huge um, undertaking for the post office to get out the word about using these zip codes. So, um, and they had. Uh, figure a cartoon character called Mr. Zip to promote the use of the zip code. So yes, uh, a lot had to be done for that. But there's a lot of things that happened on this date. O Canada officially became the national anthem of Canada on this date in 1980. Uh, 1979, Sony introduced the Walkman. The PG-13 rating was introduced by the uh, Motion Picture Association of America in 1984 on this date. Um, but, yeah, there's uh, quite a few things that occurred on July 1st. July 4th is a weird day in U.S. history uh, outside of the, what we know it for because it is the date, not to get maudlin about it, uh, a lot of famous people passed away on July 4th. Bob Ross, who you are a fan of, passed away on July mm-hmm. 4th in 1975. Uh, the late, great Charles Kuralt, who was known for uh, his on-the-road segments, passed away on July 4th of 1997, Barry White in 2003. And 
Then perhaps the most infamous uh, thing happened on July 4th because uh, three former presidents passed away on July 4th, two on the same day in the same year. Uh, James Monroe passed away on July 4th, 1831, but on July 4th of 1826, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson uh, both passed away same day. And I think uh, it was said that when Adams had passed away, I think his final words were uh, something to the effect of Jefferson lives on, but not knowing that he had passed away that same day as well, which is just all out – yeah, um, that was uh, very interesting. So, yeah, but no, just some odd facts about July 4th. Speaking of what some would call odd, brings us to the first story of the night. And this uh, came from the Huffington Post. Uh, it talked about um, a mother and son and how they say that sex education classes might not have improved that much but how teenagers now can get instant access to advice on things. And by the way, uh, before I even go further into this story, uh, if you do have any folks younger than the age of, well, what's the age now, 13, <laughs> just shoot them out of the room <laughs> real quick. <laughs> um, just as an advisory warning, because the next story is kind of about uh, of an adult nature. I got that out of the way. So pretty much uh, a mother came up with a first-time sex starter kit. Uh, The kit, which teens can access via the free sex education app, uh, K-A-M-A, is designed to demystify sex for those considering, quote, doing it for the first time in place of textbook terms, the language echoes the way teens actually talk, and the content is not afraid to focus on pleasure and well-being, topics that are often left out of sex education at school. Uh, The concept is the brainchild of entrepreneur Chloe McIntosh, best known as the co-founder of the furnishing company Made.com, but the biggest influence on its content may actually have been for two teenage sons uh, who are 16 and 14. The kit takes the form of a 20-part video series where Felix, uh, her uh, son, sits down with a sex coach to ask some of the questions teens have about intimacy. They chat about everything from dry humping to how to use your penis inside. Uh, <laughs> but McIntosh started working on the app in lockdown with both her sons were at home and says it helped to create a sex-positive environment. Uh, uh, they said that there were sex books everywhere, toys, gadgets. We had to film the app content at my home. So after an initial period of resistance, Felix and Elliot, her other son, started to become more used to the topic, and speaking about it became more and more natural that she told this to the HuffPost UK. Uh, sex was never spoken about when I grew up. It was not really present, so I found it really interesting to be more open and curious. Uh, elsewhere on the app, users will find guides on foreplay, self-pleasure, and overcoming sexual anxiety. The starter kit element came about organically when one evening her son was chatting about sex with his 19-year-old cousin, Jules. She said, I started to record a lot of the content from the conversation, and she hopes that the content will fill the gap left by sex education in schools which she says varies depending on your postcode and is often uh, heteronormative, binary, and gener- uh, generally backwards and incomplete. Uh, she says we never learn how to relate, to create intimacy, to listen, to touch. So the content that they want to put out there is more than some tips to put a condom on, 
but more relating to the experience and making it as relaxed and comfortable as possible. Uh, his friends, her sons, Felix's friends, took an interest in the project and helped to inform some of the discussion topics. They wanted to know how to initiate sex, how to choose the right partner, what position to start with, how to share and ask for feedback, and what to do when things go wrong. She says, realistically, most teenagers don't really want to hear sex tips from their parents or even their teachers, but without that, that they're left clueless or resort to watching porn, which can leave them with an unrealistic view of sex. Uh, she hopes that the app will empower teens by serving them reliable, straightforward advice straight to their phones. And in time, she hopes to encourage them to talk openly and consciously about sex and pleasure, not only among their peers, but also with their parents and siblings. Uh, so this, like I said, was from the HuffPost UK, and they do live over in the United Kingdom. Um, I was intrigued because it shows how far times have come. Okay. Yeah, at sixteen, at sixteen, we were—I mean, thinking those things, kind of, but not really as expensive as this is. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this one because I guess you know this is something that, of course, is um, in the UK. But do you think that something like this would work here in the states, or should it be kind of? more tame or should it be open and honest like this one? God, I wish it was open and honest like that because that would be great. Um, I am full on about having those conversations, the right kind of conversations with people. Um, that is something that I, 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 I try to aim for, I guess, with, with my kiddo. Um, down to, no, that's not the right kind of, you know, like if you're having problems, that's not the right kind of lube you should use. You know, you should be using this. Um, on the same note, my my child is, is a little bit older than that. Um, would it work in the U.S.? Uh, maybe, maybe now, possibly in some of the more pro- progressive cities, definitely. Um, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of cities, especially in, like, the flyover states that I don't know that it'll work in because there's still a lot of conservative thoughts and views about it. How's that? That's a good way of putting it without being too too uh, expensive. Hmm. Um, yeah. I was more surprised, I guess, that 16-year-olds and possibly 14-year-olds had such more intricate questions. You know, I, I, I kind of expected, and I, I guess it shows how times have changed, because back then, you know, for us, we were just looking to get the first base, maybe, maybe second. You know, sex was one of those things where, you know, when they put you in the sex class, it's, you know, it's cold and antiquated, and it's pretty much like if you have sex and you don't do it right, you're going to get somebody pregnant. And if you get somebody pregnant, well, that's the next class. We're going to show you that video of the lady gave birth. You know, it pretty much was that time went. <laughs> and it really wasn't, you know, the question about dry humping to how to use your penis inside. <laughs> we didn't get that extended. And I, I was – 
you know, just thinking how far along we've come, and I don't know if some people will say that the reason why it has is because of what kids see on I know the first thing is going to be what kids see on TV or what they see in videos or what they see online. I know that's what's going to happen. Um, should there, or, and I guess it now resorts back to that age old question. Cause I, I remember over 200 shows when we had D siren on here. Um, the question always goes now, when do you start? And just how much info do you give all at once? Okay, so start as soon as your child starts acting like they are getting interested in it, I think is what it is. But you can always start, you don't have to start with like, hi, so the first thing you do, you know, you don't have to start with, this is the right kind of lube, this is the best position. I'm sorry, we, I, I don't, obviously I didn't have the whole like, how do you use the penis inside, but, um, I had a lot of those really advanced questions when I was exploring my sexuality and and I didn't have that kind of I didn't have that kind of thing where I could ask someone and and be and be comfortable with asking someone you know I didn't have access to having that um with that being said as long as you're honest, you know, you, you, kids these days are the same as kids our days. They just have more access, so they feel like they're either more open or they're more vocal. Let's do it that way. They're more vocal about what they want to know. They have access to a lot of information, so they feel like they're smarter. But I, I, I'm sure I had those same questions growing up. So do you think it should start at like a 13 or 14 or even younger than that? Uh, they're getting, uh, yes. I mean, if you're hitting puberty, uh, it should start when kids start with puberty. It, again, it doesn't so, have to be scary, like. Some kids start early now. Some kids start at 9 and 10. So. And they need to know. <laughs> I'm not saying that you have to start with, hi, you're 11. You've started your period. You're going to get pregnant. Okay, just giving you the heads up and this is what's going to happen and you need to do You don't have to go that far into it. But you can start with your body has changed. You are to the point now where you could create life. Do you have questions for me about that? And if they're not comfortable about it, that's fine. You're okay. When you have questions, I need you to come talk to me. I started that out way that way with with my child, and it was a lot of I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, and I understand if you are, but I've been around the block a lot more than your dumb friends. No offense to them. <laughs> when it comes to this subject, they're maybe, dumb. Maybe, they don't have experience maybe, where I do. Maybe some of the, maybe some of their friends have been around the block. <laughs> <laughs> they might have been, but they're dumb friends if they're that young and have been around the block. I'm sorry. I'm more experienced and understand it better and can explain it in a different way. With that with that conversation of your dumb friends, ask me, please, so that I can give you, like, I will never get mad at you. It always has to start with, 
you have to be comfortable. That's the other thing. Like, I'm comfortable with talking about sex, sexuality, um, gender. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm not going to say that I'm knowledgeable, but I'm comfortable with talking about that and not taking offense to it. If you're not comfortable with that subject, you're not going to have good conversations with the kids. Right. And I'm not saying that you have to be comfortable with it. Just recognize that you're not, if you're not comfortable with talking about that, if you're not comfortable talking with your friends about it in a frank, serious kind of way, not in the joking, oh, last night, you know, me and the chicky poo. If you're not comfortable talking about it with your friends, <laughs> if you're not comfortable, then you're not going to be comfortable with your kids. And if you're not comfortable with the kids, recognize that and make sure that you have some way of either relaying that information to your kids in a way that they'll be able to digest it or get comfortable. Those are your only two options. And I'm not saying that you have to be comfortable, but you have to, those are your two options. This is a good option for those people who are not as comfortable talking to their kids about it. So here's my I'm other comfortable. question, though. Yeah, well, I was going to say, but for those parents that aren't comfortable – what happens when that child does have questions and is planning to do something but is not comfortable going to parent and or uh, friends and doesn't really have the access to that app or doesn't know about said app, you know, pretty much they're kind of going out there on their own and learning. And sometimes that first time around when you are experimenting could be the first time that something happens. Um, mm-hmm. That's how should something like this, kind of be I guess available per se with oh man I'm going to step over a line here in a minute should it be available per (laughs) se in schools for those who have those questions and um, maybe perhaps a part of maybe a medical plan where if that kid has that question and they want to talk with their doctor, that they can provide them with that app or the information. Because you think a lot of parents don't want to hear about their age child having sex and they don't want to have anything to do with that. Right. But you want to educate um... I would love to say to be able to do it in the schools and have that available, but then parents are going to go ape about it. Um, But as a medical provider, being able to say, if you cannot talk to someone about this other than me, here's a good app to go to for that has questions on things that I may not be able to answer for you. Um, But then kids don't necessarily have, access to a medical provider without having the parents in the room. So it really comes down to, it really, it really comes down to parents and children. Like it, it really has to be that it has to be. I wish I could sit here and say that for the parents that are uncomfortable, you can send your kids to school and have your school be able to do this. But then as soon as you do, one of the parents that is uncomfortable about it doesn't want Teacher A saying, hey, I understand you have questions. I can't necessarily answer those for you, but here's an app that might be able to. Um, And that sucks because that means kids are going out there 
and to be frank, they're fumbling in the dark. But then again, we all kind of did a little bit. Before the grand invention of the Internet, we we talked to our stupid friends about it if we didn't talk to our parents about it. And I don't know about you, but I didn't talk to my parents about it. Like, I oh, barely talked. <laughs> I am in full denial that my parents even know what sex, okay, um, at the age of 45. I, I My parents don't understand <laughs> or have ever had sex, okay? I was sprung from the ground along with my two sisters. Um, but I still don't feel comfortable talking to my parents about sex. And I feel comfortable talking about sex, but I don't feel comfortable talking to them about it. I have, I have adopted parents that I could talk to about it because it's not like, you know, they're not my parents' parents. They're not, that they didn't see me naked at the age of two. And I don't under, you know, that's, that's our generation. I'm trying at least mm-hmm. with my kids to be able to be honest. And I've, I've been a hundred percent honest with her at times when she's like, so this is what's happening. And I'm like, was that uncomfortable for you to ask me about it? And she's like, yeah, kind of. I'm like, okay, thank you. That's all I want to know. I'm not going to make you feel more uncomfortable about it. I'm not going to point right. out that it's uncomfortable, but it's uncomfortable for me to talk to you about it too because, again, I saw you naked at two, you know. <laughs> I was there watching you take your first step. So there is an uncomfortable factor there. Right. The education is the important part. To be able to open that, to be able to be just honest. Again, right. you don't have to necessarily be comfortable talking about it, but be honest about it. Sex happens. Right. You were a teenager. You didn't forget becoming, you did not go from four to 34. There was something that happened in between. Acknowledge it. That was part of your life, and every person goes through something similar. Just remember, kids, best thread, use either cellophane wrap or pull-out method. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, please don't don't ruin it for those people. Oh my god. Oh my god. Go to the go to the go and learn or ask someone or even if you have to read the books on it. There's too much stuff on YouTube and too much stuff out there nowadays not to really learn it from somewhere. So that's why I was like, just be smart about it before you do it. And if you don't feel comfortable asking any of those people there are plenty of books and stuff online, so please just read up on it before you decide to do something. So, um, <laughs> we are taking a look at what is. <laughs> I know we're we're aren't we devils. Um, we will uh, take a look at what's trending right now. Um, Across the globe, one of the things that is trending, of course, with the 4th of July uh, holiday, it's uh, wrestling tonight with AEW Rampage and SmackDown, which is trending. Stranger Things is trending as the final two episodes of Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2, drop on Netflix. Um, Essence Fest is underway in New Orleans, and that is trending as the uh, Festival of Culture features appearances from Nicki Minaj and Janet Jackson. Uh, Also uh, trending tonight um, is uh, Christian Javier, 
who struck out a career-high 14 batters through seven innings. Uh, he struck out 27 of 45 batters in his last two games, um, So, which is amazing in itself. Um, and, of course, that, that's the most strikeouts over a two-game span by a pitcher to allow one hit in the modern era. So uh, Christian Javier have, having a go at it for the Houston Astros. Uh, Apple TV is trending as well. Um, Apple TV is uh, trending because uh, there's a couple of things interesting about this, and I was going to bring this up. Uh, along with uh, some of uh, uh, some people are having their thoughts on Apple TV, um, but one of the things that they were doing, and I'm trying to uh, find the story for you real quick was that of course with them they have a thing going with uh, Peacock where they have uh, games uh, that now air and one of the things that they were planning to do uh, was to have a game with no announcers (laughs) it it has been done before It's, it's not like it hasn't been done before it has been done before I do believe years ago uh, it was done in the NFL NBC decided one day um, to do a game without announcers and it kind of didn't go over well <laughs> um, some people kind of said at the end of all of that no we just kind of rather we have announcers for this because uh, um, Pretty much, yeah. But pretty much what uh, Peacock is going to do, and as I was saying that, and then my story kind of left. There we go. Uh, Pulling it back up. This is live, and this is why we do that. Uh, But what they were going to do was that uh, it will be for the uh, Tigers game. So the host and in-game reporter and then the former – uh, Tigers outfielder. They will take fans around Comerica Park throughout the game, providing viewers with a tour of the ballpark, unique viewpoints, conversations with special guests, and more. Uh, they promise the presentation will include a quasi-stadium tour, enhanced audio, unique camera positions, and conversations with guests and Detroit superfans. Um, so the experiment uh, will be at noon Eastern this Sunday, July 3rd. Um, so if you have nothing to do, <laughs> on Sunday morning, you can watch it on NBC and see if, um, yeah, if that will actually work. So, I was going to ask you because I know okay. that you are a big. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you also because I know that you are a Big Ten fan. Uh, it came the announcement yesterday, uh, and, and I may be wrong on the year, but I do believe it's in 2024, 2025, that UCLA and USC are going to be jumping to the Big Ten. Um, as a longtime Big Ten uh, fan, because you are a fan of the University of Michigan, are you game for that happening? <laughs> I, I just don't know how that would happen. Like, I'm still confused about I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it would be probably the farthest. It would be the farthest west. The once Midwestern Big Ten now is stretching from pretty much Rutgers to the east to UCLA, 
it is, uh, as somebody said, imagine uh, UCLA or USC, USC playing in snow. Yeah. <laughs> football in November is about to be very different. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> a lot of people don't, don't a lot know. of people don't yeah, a lot of people don't think they will be ready for that. So um, No, they won't be. I don't think they will be either. <laughs> so yes. Uh that is uh also happy fourth is trending. Uh of course with the fourth of July. And then yeah, that's um oh. Uh one other thing which was trending, uh I don't know how these things start trending, but on trending, uh, someone had brought up the question of, uh, I don't know why Steely Dan all of a sudden is trending this weekend. Somebody asked a question, uh, Steely Dan or Supertramp? And uh, a lot of people said, uh, you know, uh, things about Steely Dan trending this weekend or playing Steely Dan. Um, I guess I, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but, yes, uh, Steely Dan, for the sake of music, uh, is trending, but uh, a lot of people are going with them over Super Trap. So, no, it's go. not going to Super Freak, so I'm good to go. Did you have a horse in this race or were you just <laughs> Not even close. No, not even. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no horse in this race whatsoever. I, I I don't even know what I I don't. Yeah, I don't. Like I said, I the weirdest know. things the weirdest things always come up online, and that was what was trending. Steely. This is going to show how boring the holiday week is probably going to be. <laughs> we talk about Steely Dan or Super Tramp. <laughs> I guess Steely Dan might edge if we're voting here, but yeah. <laughs> Good there you go. Yes. Um, I did have a really quick story, which was interesting also this week. Uh, with the chaotic mix of record fuel prices and an unending supply chain crisis, it actually has retailers considering the unthinkable. Instead of returning your unwanted items, just keep them. Uh, in recent weeks, some of the biggest store chains, including Target, Walmart, Gap, American Eagle Outfitters, and others, have reported in their latest earning, earnings calls that they have too much inventory of stuff ranging from workout clothes, springtime jackets and hoodies, to garden furniture and bulky kids' toys, and it's costing them tons of money to store it. Now, add on to that, Glut, another category of product that stores have to deal with, returns. So instead of piling return merchandise onto this growing inventory heap, stores are considering just handling handling customers their money back and letting them hang on to the stuff they don't want. Uh, Bert Flickinger, who is a retail expert, said that it would be a smart strategic initiative. Uh, Retailers are stuck with excess inventory of unprecedented levels. They can't afford to take back even more of it. Return products are handled in a number of different ways, he said. Retailers take that uh, merchandise back from the customer, evaluate it, and if it's in good condition, put it back on the shelf at the same or lesser price. They can refurbish damaged returns and sell them for less or offload them to liquidators to resell. 
They can also sell return products to foreign liquidators for sale in Europe, Canada, or Mexico. Given a situation at the ports and the container shortages, sending product overseas isn't really an option. Lastly, retailers can hire third-party firms to handle all aspects of merchandise returns for them. Each of those options, however, tack on additional costs for retailers. And they said that for every dollar in sales, a retailer's net profit is between a cent to five cents. And with returns, for every dollar in return merchandise, it costs a retailer between 15 cents to 30 cents to handle it. Uh, there is one other option for retailers to address returns while avoiding more product uh, bloat, and that's to consider a returnless return. Um, a firm that processes over 100 million return items annually for companies like Walmart and Amazon said that his company's clients are 100% considering offering the keep it option for returns, although he won't disclose if any of his customers have implemented it just yet. Uh, in some instances, when they determine it would be easier, some retailers will advise customers to just keep or donate the return after issuing a refund. Uh, Walmart said it had nothing to share at this time, and Lowe's didn't provide a comment for the story. Uh, they're already discounting in stores to clear out products, and they said that refunding customers while simultaneously letting them keep their returns isn't a new practice. It started with Amazon several years ago, and if I recall, uh, Walmart kind of did that during the height of COVID. Um, other products like kids' toys, footwear, towels, and bedding raise sanitary concerns when it comes to returns. It can also apply to other categories, too. And then they said a keep-it policy still has its own disadvantages. Namely, companies will need to ensure that they don't become victims of fraud. Uh, one thing they need to track and ensure is that customers uh, that become aware of it do not begin to abuse it by seeking free merchandise over a series of orders by getting a refund, but getting to keep the merchandise. Um, I know what – if you're thinking what I'm thinking, what say you about the return of products or maybe keeping them? Um, the, the, the fraud aspect, actually, that was the big thing for me. I, like, there's been times when – and Amazon, the biggest one that I can think of, where um, I've – not wanted an item it wasn't you know whatever there was there was a reason why i couldn't have the item and i did the return for amazon and they gave they're like yep okay thanks and they just refunded me the money and not that i was trying to you know get them out of any kind of money for it but i thought it was odd that they didn't want it back that that throws me off. It really does. And I just, it's like, okay, then why did I pay for it in the first place? <laughs> like, what's this all about? So, yeah, I could see someone taking advantage of that as soon as they realize the returnless return is an option. Um, but, yeah, I get, I get why. I, I've, I've witnessed it. It's happened to me a couple of times. It's kind of odd, but then now I have this product in my house that I didn't want anyway, and now i got to find a way to get rid of it. So, it's strange. It's a strange policy, but then I get why. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, though, if you do it, I think it should be to specialty items that you just can't take back. You know, like, it's going to be like a, it's not going to be a list that people know. Like, if it's electronics, we're taking it back. 
if it is um, something high end, we're taking it back. If it's close, now this is where I'd much rather you do with it whatever you're going to do with it because um, I've known people who have worked in retail and people who have tried on particular things who did not really wash themselves well <laughs> or bought it back and mm-hmm. they probably wore it to some party and didn't want it to return it. Yeah, you can keep that. <laughs> but I think with clothes, I think that if you yeah, – this is going to be going over to that, that red zone again. If it has been beyond a certain time, I think that if it has been past 72 hours, you only get back 75% of what you paid. Oh, no. I think that if you're, if you're returning clothes, you don't get back the full amount anyway. Unless yeah. it's something that comes back, like physically comes back. Um, but here's the weird thing. Like, how do you draw those lines? I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I had one Amazon return that told me that they wouldn't accept a product. It was a Blu-ray. Um, it was a Blu-ray, Charlie Brown. And they said it's considered hazardous material. <laughs> and I could donate it. Actually, they folks, they didn't exactly tell her that. What they said was, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is exactly what they said. That's exactly how it happened. <laughs> yes, no, I don't know how that's hazardous. You're saying Charlie Brown is hazardous material. Yes, okay. <laughs> that would be even more disturbing. I'm like, so you sold me hazardous material? <laughs> no, I really yes. I really want my money That's back. exactly what I said, and I'm like, wait a second. Are you telling me I, I was going to give know. that as a gift? Right. <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. Hazardous <laughs> materials. Um, I promised you an expended um, – Yay or nay, but we do still have our top ten list, so I'm going to like make it short tonight. It's only going to be a couple of them. Uh, I know things have not gone well for food retailers, uh, especially with Taco Bell and the rollout of the taco uh, pizza, which uh, I know there was a shortage of that. I know that Arby's, not Arby's, but uh, I think it was Arby's, that ran out of the burger, that Wagyu beef burger. Um, and to make up for it, I think they did like a special on something else. And I've heard in some places that Wendy's had issues with the strawberry frosty where they ran out, which I don't understand. But uh, now comes news that Taco Bell is testing a tostada served on a giant Cheez-It. Uh, Taco Bell and Cheez-It have partnered to test out that innovation and a fast food flavor, the big Cheez-It tostada featuring a Cheez-It 16 times its original size. The menu item places a giant cracker under a hill of seasoned beef, lettuce, tomato, and cheddar cheese. The item is also topped with a dollop of reduced fat sour cream. Yeah, like that's going to help because you have to cut back somewhere. The item only costs two forty-nine, meaning you can fund a cheesy feast for a family of four for just about $10. Um... <laughs> They also will have, in addition to that new tostada item, they were taking on the embiggened Cheez-It to adorn one of its other signature treats. 
The big cheese at Crunch Wrap Supreme is all its title implies, tucking that big old cheese it in the place of a typical tostada shell inside a giant tortilla and surrounding it with beef, nacho cheese, sauce, sour cream, lettuce, and tomato to form a bundle of bliss that you can easily carry with you on a walk through the park with loved ones or even a jog. That digital exclusive can be purchased for four twenty nine through the Taco Bell website and mobile app. Uh, reaction to the news has been universally positive, if not tinged with a little bit of delicious desperation. Users across the country are already clamoring to try it, uh, but for now it's only available at one single location in Irvine, California. Uh, <laughs> yay or nay uh, to cheese it at that Taco Bell. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, no. Well, no. <laughs> I am tempered <laughs> by my, my, my disappointment with their <laughs> Mexican pizza rollout. So, like, I want to say yes because I want to try this. But I also think that Taco Bell needs to get the crap in order before they can do anything. Oh my gosh! So yeah, and, and maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'm gonna go with maybe. Let's go with maybe. <laughs> All right, maybe. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by it. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually going to have you pick. I'm intrigued as well. I'm just the problem is whether or not they actually like you know follow through. Yes. Uh, I'm actually going to let you pick the second story here. There's either one of um, of three stories here. One is either in regards to strip clubs. That's all I'm going to say. Another one is in regards to a popular cartoon coming back to ruin parents' lives. Or the other one is about Chris Pratt. Pick your poison. I only get one? I mean, if you've got time, we can discuss all of them, but uh, it's up to you. Okay, so you I was most intrigued with the the strip club and the kids thing. Chris Pratt was low. That was the last one. So, Okay. We'll see if we can fit them in, but I'll start with the strip club. So there was an interesting article that came out. According to those in the strip club industry, we are on the brink of an economic downturn. Uh, strip club employees who talk to ABC uh, and dancers in the business say that the expected post-pandemic recovery never materialized. Some strippers are predicting a recession, with many citing empty strip clubs and poor bookings as indicators of stormy economic times ahead. Uh, one person whose name is Ashley, uh, her stage name was requested to be used to protect her family, and I'm going to tell you exactly how she spells it. It is A-S-S-H-L-E-Y. She said that I can speak for our dancers who work for multiple agencies and in the strip clubs because they have to get enough work and they're still not making enough money. Uh, she has been a dancer for 10 years, 
at an agency that dispatches strippers to events such as bachelor and bachelorette parties. Consumer spending makes up 70% of the U.S. economy, and mounting affordability concerns have impacted discretionary spending, with many consumers expected to slash spending on categories like recreation, travel, and alcohol. Uh, others have said it's been bad, but the a lot of the people who worked there saw bookings drop to 50%, and they say that uh, the weakening consumer confidence and uh, spending in uh, non-discretionary items are sometimes, with strip clubs, it's a good leading indicator of a recession. <laughs> so, yay or nay to the strip clubs actually pointing out um, – if we're going to be on a downturn and not economically. Actually, yes. That makes sense. It's weird. <laughs> it is weird. But it absolutely makes sense. <laughs> I believe that because if I, you know, I'm pretty sure some guys, if they had an extra hundred bucks, they would probably go to the strip club or to something adult. And if they don't have it and it's not there, the strippers suffer. Now there's going to be a commercial. Please help yeah. the strippers for just a dollar a day. Please help the strippers. <laughs> Please help the strippers. Please help the you strippers. can adopt a stripper of your own. <laughs> you'll, get a, you'll get a note in the mail. <laughs> yes. You'll with get a letter in the mail. <laughs> with a picture. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Well, playing Sarah McLaughlin. I doubt the stripper. I love it. Uh, please call now. You'll see a stripper sitting in an empty strip club with the flashing lights. Yeah. Yeah, just sitting there, right? true. We're just sitting there. With a robe. Because with she robe. can't strip. She's still fully clothed. I need That's to be true. naked. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to happen somewhere. But no, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going yay on that because, yes, if, if there is, if, if no one is around to watch a stripper, does a stripper really strip? Um, <laughs> <laughs> in this case, if no one's around to tuck dollar in a G-string, is there joy being had anywhere? No. Exactly. Um, the money ain't there, honey. I'm sorry. Man. Yeah, that's sad to hear. Um, Because you asked for it, uh, the cartoon that was coming back, (laughs) uh, it says, much to the the chagrin here, don't be alarmed. The sound that you just heard was the collective groan of parents nationwide. Uh, This past Tuesday, Peacock announced the return of Caillou, which is sure to make a lot of kids happy and plenty of moms and dads stock up on earplugs. The animated series often derided for its obnoxious main character ended its run on PBS Kids in 2021, but you can't keep Caillou down. The new series is a CGI reboot of the original 1997 animated series of the same name, according to the streamer, featuring authentic and relatable slice-of-life stories told from the point of view of its imaginative four-year-old main character who learns life lessons and discovers new things with his friends and family the episodes will be 11 minutes long and feature Caillou and his supportive family and friends that help him navigate his big feelings. Uh, Caillou isn't the only one in his feelings as people responded to the news on social media with messages like, this is what I thought the state of the world couldn't get worse. I find out they're bringing back Caillou 
And oh, dear God, no, please don't do this. Nobody is asking for this. No parents like Caillou. <laughs> and not to raid on the parade, but Caillou is coming back in even more of a vengeance. They announced the rights to five 44-minute event specials focusing on significant childhood occasions. The special will feature storylines for Christmas, Halloween, summer vacation, anti-bullying, and celebration of family. Yay and to Caillou coming back. Oh. I'm so glad I don't have any little ones. I am so happy. Luckily, mine wasn't a big fan of Caillou. Mine ended up being about as annoyed with it as I was, so they were Wild Kratts kids. So, um, yeah, bring back the Wild Kratts. I'm better with them. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the Chris Pratt story was that Chris Pratt doesn't go by Chris, and he told the Huffington Post that he wants his first name to go the way of the dinosaurs, and he revealed recently that he doesn't like to be called Chris. No one calls me Chris. I don't have a single friend who calls me Chris. And, so, and they asked him, uh, Jessica Shaw on her Sirius XM show, says, what do they call you, Pratt? And he says, yep, Pratt, CP, you know, CP, hey, CP, Pratt replied, but no one calls me Chris. My friend Chad, I went golfing with my friend Chad, my pastor, the other day, and he was like, no one calls you Chris? I'm going to call you Chris, all right? <laughs> Chris, you're up. And he was like, no, it feels weird. It's not my name. Don't call me Chris. For the record, the actor's legal name is Christopher Michael Pratt. So technically he is a Chris, just don't say it to his face. On a practical level, going by Pratt or something else can also separate him from the current glut of prominent actors named Chris, including Hemsworth, Evans, and Pine. Uh, Pratt isn't the only celebrity to make news with his name. Mission Impossible 2 star uh, Thandewe Newton, who previously went by Thandy, recently made the switch to using her real name in TV and movie credits. And a few years back, Christy Teigen announced that she, uh, we have been saying her last name wrong for years. It's pronounced Tijen, not Tijen. So there. <laughs> Your thoughts? Wait, 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 wait. I know you have to step very carefully into this. <laughs> I am going to, um, you, you know what, Maria, if you don't want to contribute to that story, that is fine. I do not want to get you into any trouble. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I want <laughs> Even in the public thing, I want to say two words. I want to say Actually, two before words you say, to Chris before Pratt. Before you say those two words, yeah. Before you say those two words, I'm going to re-ask you the question again in regards to that. Uh, your thoughts on the story? <laughs> Chris Pratt, at you. Like things are like change dollars. You called Chris. Stupid. <laughs> like if he said, "I'm Christopher." Like I'd rather go by Christopher because I know there's there's Chris there's let's back that up there are people out there that are named Christopher and they go by the mm-hmm. full Christopher. I also know people mm-hmm. out there that are named Christopher that only go by Chris, and I also know people out there that are hard about which way they go. Like we actually call somebody at work Topher. 
because of the many times that he's been called Chris, and he's corrected them with the rest of the word, Topher. So the Chris Topher, Christopher, <laughs> like there's a Christopher. And so we started calling him Topher because he'd always, when people would call him Chris, he'd finish it. And he's like, I go by the full name. I go by Christopher. And I also know someone that is will not answer you if you call him Christopher, even his mother. So it, it, it's one of those things. I get that. But if you're going to go by CP, then you should have started out your whole entire freaking career by going by CP. Okay? I just, you, ugh. eyeballs are in my head, like, right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you already knew where I was going. I'm going to help you out by, by uh, getting out of this. Why isn't show. this an awkward moment? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you call yourself. You're making bank. And you just, you get to be whatever I call you because I'm paying your salary. And I really am paying you. <laughs> because if I don't go see your movies, guess what? You ain't making them. And you're not going to have any money coming in. So there you go. All right. So that leads, to, that leads us to the final topic of the night, uh, our long-awaited top ten. So this list, I'll actually have you tell the backstory on this one and actually have you start with your top ten list. Okay, so, uh, God, it's been a while now, but at one night we were talking about how I love jingles, and we were doing the retro moment of the week and I'm singing along in the background and doing my little dance, which I often do if I know what the jingle is. Full disclosure, you all don't hear me, but I am singing around in the background. And we were discussing this in an after show discussion that we usually have, and I said I would give you my top ten list of Favorite commercials, not best commercials. Let's, let's put that caveat on there. These are my favorite commercials. And I heard LeVar drop the phone. Um, <laughs> we are with the top 10 favorite commercials of all time. You know, before we do you that, saying, do, you want me to play, do you want me to play one of your favorites? I mean, I have it queued. Yes. All right. We'll yeah, get, go get for a bonus it. You know it's on the list. You get, you get a bonus retro moment right here. Hit it. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in it. Floors, doors, walls, halls, white sidewalls, tires, and old golf balls. Think those bathtubs he'll do. He'll even help clean laundry, too. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything. Can he clean a kitchen sink quicker than a wink? Can he clean a window sash faster than a flash? Can he clean a dirty mirror? He'll make it bright and clearer. Can he clean a diamond ring? Mr. Clean cleans anything. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and diamond grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in it. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. You know, it makes me wonder if today they remade that commercial at the part where he said, can it clean a sash? He should have said, you bet your and then and does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would have been perfect. But anyway, go ahead. Your top 10 it list. It would have been. 
Okay. <laughs> so, no particular order, just because I, I wrote them down. I had, like, five of them, like, while we were on the phone. So, uh, the Empire 800 commercial uh, is <laughs> one of my ten. Um, you're laughing. This is great. Oh, by the way, just so that you know, these are national and um, local. So if there's one that you don't know or two, um, probably because it's local or national. And I did ask somebody from the U.K. I went through my list, and he only knew about five of them. So there you go. Um, so Empire, the 800 number commercial, one with the 800 Empire. Um, Band-Aid. I am stuck. On Sandy Frank, because Sandy took on me. I'm going to just sing all of these. You know this, right? Um, so that was one of mine. <laughs> ho, 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 Green Giant. Just that section. I immediately think of veggies. <laughs> Granted, they're always in cans. I don't. <laughs> that is what I think of. Um, my coffee. Folgers, the best part of waking up. Folgers in your coat. Um, the Hershey Kisses Christmas commercial with the bells, where they're doing the bells. Um, some people find that one annoying. I think it's great. It, that lets me know it's Christmas time. It's one of the few times that I'm not like all hurt that I see it before Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm okay with that one. Um, so that was one. This one I know is going to be a, for a local audience, but the Eagle Insurance commercial. Come on. It's a national acclaim from people who have probably seen it on uh, on YouTube. Uh, kind of like I've got something. <laughs> I've got something. Oh, I totally forgot about the Flea Mart one. Oh, that's an honorable mention. Anyway, uh, Twix, give me a break. And then these are my top three. I know I said no particular order, but my top three favorite commercials. The Toys R Us commercial for um, I Don't Want to Grow Up. Uh, the mm-hmm. Oscar Mayer commercial for Bologna, where they sell everything. That's how I figured out how to spell Bologna. And then Mr. Clean. Those are my top three. And depending on how I feel, they kind of rotate between the top three. But, yeah, my Bologna has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. A few of those made my list. Uh, no particular order, because I'm like you. I wrote them all and pretty much as I was going along, and it has no particular order. But uh, one of them was the Big Mac from McDonald's, because mm-hmm. you know, we always say, we all beef patties. Everybody else knows the rest of that song. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The other one was more of a historical one, because it was one of the first toy commercials that, told you what it did it didn't do much but when it plays you know it and it is the slinky the fun and wonderful toy um mm. one is actually a cigarette ad only because of the history to it uh but winston winston tastes good like a cigarette mm-hmm. should the the this music is great unfortunately it was for a cigarette um <laughs> you all, uh how many licks Everyone knows that commercial. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, Timex, it takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Back in the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s, everyone knew that as soon as it happened. Uh, Parquet, 
butter. Butter. Everybody always does that when that's also <laughs> okay. Um, the Toys R Us, I don't want to grow up, is on that list. Uh, Rice Krispie Snap Crackle Pop. And then... Um, Rice Krispie. Mm-hmm. And then I did have the Oscar Mayer one, but uh, I don't know if we're on the same wavelength here, but I had the I Wish I Was an Oscar Mayer Wiener instead of the, my belonging uh-huh. as a first name. Uh, that's also on there. And then also the more iconic one that I went with was for Coca-Cola. I like to teach the world to sing. Uh, so those yeah. were my... That was hard mm-hmm. to keep off the list. I, I Seriously, my honorable mention was like Juicy Fruit. The It's Gonna Move Ya, that whole thing with the beach bums and everybody, like, in bikinis and stuff. And then, like, I feel like Chicken Tonight with all the <laughs> yes. quote-unquote normal people. Um, mm-hmm. I had Big Mac, Mentos, Mentos Fresher, Mentos Fresher, that yep. whole thing. Um, Huggies, that was another one. Mm-hmm. I'm a big kid now. There's a lot yep. of really good sing-songy commercials, and it was hard to leave off some of the ones that you did as well because I was just like, oh, yeah. yeah, that was a good one. That was a really good one, but leaving those off was a really hard thing to do. I could have probably gone 25 and still been like, oh, and this commercial, that was a really good one too. You know what? One of these days we could probably just do a special show where it just talks about our favorite ads, and we could do a retro moment, like, definitive list of the top 25. It could be done. Uh a retro moment special where we could pretty much do those. I also like the Buick one that I played a few weeks back. It's like that hippie 60s song uh, where it pretty much, yeah, I do have a double bent one. And then there was also the uh, Budweiser one, which I was a big fan of because it was kind of along the lines of the Coke one. Um, and it was about a minute. Uh, I actually do have it. Do we have a minute? Yeah. Okay. It's when you say but. That's your call. (laughs) We'll play it real quick. You you see, you guys get two more retro commercials tonight, but we'll play the (laughs) but. Well, one of them was mine. That was for me. No offense to anyone else out there, but that was mine. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Here was one that was also on my uh, uh, honorable mention list, but we'll play it. When you say but. You've said a lot of things nobody else can say When you say but You've gone as far as you can go to get the very best When you say but You've said the word that means you like to do it all When you say but It means you want the beer that's got a taste that's number one When you say but you tell the world you know what makes it all the way. When you say fun, you say you care enough to only want the king of beer. There is no other one, there's only something left, because the king of beer is really all the rest. When you say fun, Python, you said it all. You 
That song is still played at ballparks. I know particularly the Cardinals and then at other places too. Well popular throughout the 70s. So hopefully this weekend, a lot of you, if you have a refreshment, you'll have a bud. Uh, <laughs> so it's buds for you, <laughs> which is another one. You can think of a bit. We can think of a million of them and probably do a half hour show on just advertising jingles and how uh, there's something missing from today's. There's not the jingle is missing. Because that's how you remember it, you know. I don't, I don't know. It, it just, it's not the same. As and it, it doesn't to have be. to be the song either. It doesn't have to be a no. song. I like ho ho no. ho, Green Giant. You don't have right. to sing that one. But there's a, there's a cadence to it, and it yeah. sticks. And it's your, it's an ear and brain worm that just sticks there. Um, and yeah, it, some of the as well, they're not. Okay, here's one. That's not a jingle. This is your brain. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I say that, the first thing that pops into my head is a frying pan and an egg. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that wasn't a jingle, but that's a, that's a very that's a commercial that sticks in a lot of people's heads. There's a lot of people that have that, but there's not a lot of those out there anymore. And now that they're streaming services, there's not a lot of ads, so they have to be more focused. But uh, yeah, we're missing even, we're missing Mr. Clean. Even the American Express Travelers checks commercials with Carl Malden, because I do have that clip. And I used to, you know, I would tell people when they would laugh. And what do like, you do? What will you do? Yeah, especially if you drop that, especially if you drop your wallet in a lake, you get nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Travelers check, you go right away, and it's Carl Walden with the those Travelers check. Yeah, that's why we love doing retro moments of the week because it makes you think and it makes you, it takes you back to that simple time. So, um, glad you all enjoy them. But with that, I think this is the longest show we've now ever done. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost all two hundred shows. Because we owe it to you because we haven't been on for a couple of weeks, and we will be off next week, but we'll join you two weeks from tonight on uh, July 15th, 9 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern, (laughs) thinking ahead to the 411 Lounge. Um, But we'll be back with you two weeks from tonight. But uh, any shout-outs for you? There are going to be lots of birthdays. But big shout-out – had a issue last week and my 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 group that I surround myself with stood up and 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 made me feel like I was safe and that I could get through it and thank you and I, you know that all those things um so thank you to those people um especially my lovely co-host um Chris, Andrea, Mel and Adrian um without whom I probably would have broken down and, and cried a lot more than I would have needed to. So thank you to you guys, but then happy birthdays to all the people that are having birthdays. July is a heavy month for me, so there's a lot of birthdays on my calendar. So I'm just going to, like, blanket that, except for the very specific ones. But happy birthday to you all. You know who you are. And then when we come back in two weeks, we will have a little bit of time before there's a special one here in the month of July. So um, when we see you two weeks from tonight. So, yes. Um, 
Yeah, there's a lot of birthdays and, you know, a lot of stuff going on. For all of you uh, who are going through things or for all of you uh, who, you know, are having those, you know, those moments or whatever else is going on, stay strong. For all of you who are going to be traveling or out and about on this holiday weekend, please be safe. Please don't drink and drive, as we always say. Uh, because we want you right back here with us when we come back to you on July 15th. So, um, yeah, with that, thanks so much for listening to us, everybody. Of course, you can hear our shows not only here, uh, but also on uh, the platforms of Apple and Spotify and Our Heart Radio. Uh, hopefully soon in time for the 200th show, we may even have an additional special surprise um, I'm hoping and I am praying um, that it could occur. So so definitely keep it uh, locked in here. But for Mary, I'm Alvar. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Enjoy your holiday weekend. We'll see you on July 15th, same time, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. Have a great time, everybody. And like I said, be kind to each other. Be careful. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at NewsCommentBTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. 